Switched on on F104 and I'm joined by Laura Jordan of Style Savvy. Hello. Hello there. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for chatting to us. So what was your reason for setting up Style Savvy initially? My initial reason was that everyone deserved to feel good and look good, which was a very big ambition, I think we can admit. But Mm -hmm. the overpowering sense I had was that a lot of people engaged with, you know, stores, magazines, and they didn't necessarily feel great after they did that, in that they felt that they should buy this, or this is a must-have or a lust-after, as opposed to something that really fits their life and their style and their body and their budget. So they're the four things that we always look for when we are working with a client is to allow every person to shop for themselves rather than shopping for something that another person has decided is is right for them and to ultimately shop smart so you save time you save money and then you can build confidence in your own personal style your own self-image esteem so it really does kind of snowball from that point but it's about making people feel good giving them confidence in what they wear and how they wear it and showing them how to shop really effectively for their lifestyle, body and budget. Yeah, because this is the thing, you can get a bit disheartened, I think, if you're looking at the big fashion magazines and you're seeing all the trends and then you go and try one on and you're just like, oh God, this is not for me. They're like This just doesn't suit me. I feel ridiculous in this because not everyone can pull everything off. So I think you Absolutely. do fully have to find what is your style, don't you? You do. And I, and I think that, you know, the likes of the editorial magazines, which are the ones that are still really popular in print, they are definitely inspiration pieces, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they do not really relate as much as we might like to our everyday life, you know, or to reality when it comes to how something will look or indeed how it will fit into our lives. So we would ask our clients, you know, do you cycle to work? Because mm-hmm. that really ruled out three or four different styles of, you know, uh, skirts or, or, or trousers. And the the practical side is something that we're often slow to want to engage with because we want to you know buy the dream and the the idea that we see in in trend pieces and in magazines and and online. So the challenge is to meet in the middle between the life you have and the look you want, mm-hmm. and you kind of build from that point. But there is such a mismatch between reality and you know, what a lot of our clients used to say, I actually went and bought a few magazines. I mm-hmm. had a look to see, like, what's in, on trend, what's in fashion. Paul said, my gosh, I obviously haven't a clue because I didn't want to wear any of those things. I didn't realise that they were something I should be considering. I googled and then they come to us and say, can you please, like, obviously I don't know what's going on. How am I going to get back into that? And we often say, no, it's 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 not you, for want of better words. It really is just a very different agenda yeah. that the, you know, I suppose editorial markets would have compared to the reality of of how we would live in shop. Then when they look maybe the more high street elements like so of, you know, Zara and stores like that, their merchandising online is, is quite unique and therefore they can't maybe visualize themselves in the product. So you come across you come across these these hurdles as you go and then also we've such an emotional relationship with shopping. We tend to see something online, want not just the dress the person's wearing, but probably their smile, their their kitchen, you know, all the elements we see in the picture. So we buy more than the dress. And then when the dress comes and it doesn't look like the, the picture, that really dents our, our own kind of belief in our ability to shop effectively for ourselves. So there's a lot more to it than please just pick me some clothes. It really is building and developing that idea of personal style and, and the confidence that comes with it because it really can be very powerful. 
What did you find are people's biggest concerns when it comes to styling themselves? There is the idea of not looking appropriate. I think that's huge in Ireland. It can be age appropriate, environment appropriate, colour appropriate, fabric appropriate, length appropriate. Um, Yeah, it's something I'm really interested in. It's the idea of, is this okay to wear? Will people say, you know, in work, gosh, you know, she must be going for an interview. She's all dressed up Mm. or, or, you know, gosh, you're very fancy today, which is in any other culture, I think would be a compliment. But for whatever reason, (laughs) it seems to have the opposite effect um, for us as Irish people. We're not good at taking compliments at all. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So we kind of tend to, there seems to be double-edged. People just don't necessarily want to stand out or to be the person that has, you know, the brightest dress or the funkiest shoes. For, For the most part, obviously there's, you know, fantastic outliers to that, which is what makes the fashion industry what it is. But that tends to be one of our biggest concerns. Our second one is the idea of fit and size. Mm-hmm. Understandably, we're quite preoccupied with size. There is no standardised dress size on the Irish or UK um, market at all. Like the, the high street has no um, kind of edict for it. These are the sizes that you should be making a size 12, 14, 16 in. The average dress size is a size 16. So there's a big misconception around that as well. Most people think it's a 12. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really getting to grips with the idea that you will be different sizes in different stores, which is very unfortunate because it makes online shopping very difficult. And the disheartening feeling that comes from not being the size you expect it to be, and whether it be from an order or from a store experience, can be really difficult. And it can take a lot of bottle to go back into a shop again or to make another order and um, when you've had an experience that hasn't been positive. So there's a huge amount to it, but I would say appropriateness and size uh, issues are probably two of the, the most common um, concepts we come across. And of course then, when I say post-COVID, it's probably a sweeping statement now in terms of timelines, but um, there is that that urgency we had pre-COVID to purchase for occasions is gone. You don't have the same idea of, I'm just going to buy a nice top for drinks on a Friday night. You still, that sort of moved on, which is really fascinating in terms of our shopping habits, but it has left a gap in terms of urgency for shopping and in terms of what works and suits into, you know, changing shape, post, mm. um, you know, for most of our clients to be post-baby um, in terms of our busiest kind of demographic would be in that sense. And then to have a look as well at the um, hybrid workwear, huge for us because people are not in offices five days a week and they're not entirely sure what to wear for the days they are, you know, what casual Friday looks like. So mm-hmm. in the subset of work, it's, it's really, really confusing because just, you know, that kind of idea of just because you can wear whatever you want doesn't mean you should. Yeah. You know, what is smart casual, which is a fear we all get when you, someone just says, oh, smart casual. They may, they may as well have said, <laughs> you know, not replied. You yeah, know, when you yeah, ask that absolutely. question, it's just as easy to leave a blank. That, that's been, you know, the, the dress code side of it has been really, really interesting to help people decode and, and decipher. And, you know, our menswear element is, is the largest growing area. I mean, our most our kind of busiest demographic is, is is postpartum with women returning to work. But our biggest growth area is our uh, menswear shopping. And in that area, huge movement from away from suits and ties for work. And again, the gap of, well, what do we fill that with? What does workwear mm-hmm. look like now in menswear? I so, love that, though. I love that there's more interest going into it now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, there is 
less of a stigma involved in it. And, and there has been, I think, many, many years yeah. ago. That's, that's gone, which is fantastic. There's the idea of um, if, uh, you know, some of my women's wear said to their friends, I, you know, I've got someone to help me or someone help me pick this out for me. Um, I think in menswear there was there was less of an openness to that, but that has really, really um, come around because your spend is focused and so is your time. There is no browsing. You know, there isn't any, what should I, yes or no, it's it's very much determined for you, which is yeah. tends to be quite helpful. So that's um, really interesting and very encouraging to see as well. Absolutely. So how should we be organising our wardrobes then? Because obviously in Ireland we don't have summer we don't have winter <laughs> and then of course we have a sideline then or a side note of also festivals if we happen to go into festivals so what's the best way to organize our wardrobe i advocate organizing wardrobes by function so in terms of what i call the ikea wardrobe it's like all your tops together all your dresses all your jackets all your trousers um shirts whatever it might be and that looks very visually appealing but is unfortunately not efficient or effective in terms of having a quick ready-made selection of outfits for 7am when you're running out the door or you know 7pm when you're equally running in and out the door so we advocate having a a section of the wardrobe for weekend for work for you know for evening etc so that if you say to yourself at 7am right I'm going to work this is the section of the wardrobe that is I have already decided is work appropriate versus 7pm on a Saturday evening so I'm going to go out for a bite to eat this is the section of the wardrobe I've determined is for evening and the margins of each will have some flexibility so there will be maybe a black blazer that you could wear to work um, but also wear at the weekend with a camisole or, you know, some kind of very hard working pieces that can straddle a few different functions. It's kind of between the sections of the wardrobe. They're very useful. So that's our first. And you can see then where your spend needs to go. Yeah, and your spend goes. Yeah, because you, you say, oh, look, actually, the evening wear section is tiny. We you might a bit need. more, a bit more sparkle. Exactly. <laughs> and you might also say, well, I'm not really going to any places, so I don't need it to be, you know, more sure. than that. Or you might say, gosh, actually, I have a busy few weekends coming up. I do need to populate that section more. Whereas when you just, you know, put all your tops or blouses or shirts together and they range from what I wear going to an interview to what I wear going to a nightclub, it is too hard to gauge what you really have in there because you've got too many sides to cover, you know, so to have that so sectioned true. off. Mm. So you will have maybe three places in your wardrobe. And I'm sorry, I say this making it sound like we all have walking wardrobes. It's more <laughs> <If> like, <only. laughs> I know, it's only small sections when we all of that. It's only small, you know, literal sections. And when you're putting in your clothes to your wardrobe, have all of the hangers facing the back of the wardrobe. As you wear an item, twist them so that the mm. hanger faces towards you. You can see straight away what you're wearing and what you're not. Oh, versus having everything uniform and then thinking to yourself, well, I don't really know what I'm wearing, what I am, and therefore what I should buy and what I shouldn't again, because I'm not actually getting any information back from my wardrobe. So get, using that, it as a constant research and experimental tool is important because the idea of kind of one piece in, one piece out is something I try to live by myself and mm-hmm. I encourage my clients to. That idea that if you purchase and say, well, is there anything I really am wearing that I could remove? And within that, when you do look at your wardrobe, as many will be in the next kind of six to eight weeks getting ready for the new autumn winter season, mm-hmm. we will be looking at taking out items that you haven't worn. So those hangers haven't twisted. They're still facing the back. I'm not sure why, because I do quite like those items. So I'm going to store them somewhere else 
put them in a difficult to reach place, put them under the bed, wherever it might be. And I wonder, will I go looking for those items? And if I don't, it means we need to move out of the wardrobe. And if I do, you know, they're there. So it almost is like making something harder to reach. Mm. If you're saying, I don't think I want to remove these, but what am I going to do about it in the shorter term? And my last point on actually removing things from the wardrobe. So many of us keep items in our wardrobes that don't fit us. And I know we, you will, we all will, you know, say, fluctuation our in our size and say, you know, they pop they genuinely will probably fit in a few months' time. But take them out of the wardrobe because at the moment they are reminding you every day. Mm-hmm. That's still it's not good fit. for you. Yeah. It, it, exactly. It won't mm. fit tomorrow either. But it might if you take you know, if it, it, it might give you a sense of empowerment to say, Do you know what, I'm taking all this out mm-hmm. and I'm going to store it elsewhere. And in a couple of months if I think of it and I feel like it I'm going to try them on and see if there's something that is more comfortable to wear and I want to put back into the wardrobe. So it's just looking at those small little changes that makes the wardrobe really, really workable, kind of active place. Yeah. And you very quickly to. figure out what you can get rid of as well. Yeah, that's what we want. We yeah. want to be able to clear it out, mm. get loads of information in terms of our habits, which we can kind of learn if we observe. And all that always does is focus our spend for the future because yeah, we tend to nice. impulse buy otherwise and we have this idea it fascinates me like my, my friends at this point are saying to me if they say I'm waiting the weekend I'm going shopping mm-hmm. oh great what, what are you going to buy I don't know leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like oh you, you don't know like, no I have no plan and purpose and I know you're going to give out to me but no and you know I always liken it to doing your food shop you don't just head out the door with your shopping bags to hoping Tesco's, for the best like, hope for the yeah. best you look in your fridge before you go mm-hmm. to see what you need what's low what you've got stock of what you don't need to buy you know say actually we've got enough milk for this week or whatever it might be so we need to do the same with our wardrobes we are very focused in other areas of our retail spend we just don't to be in, in shopping and to create that habit is, is incredibly beneficial literally for the rest of your life yeah, rather than try just, do that now indeed I'm gonna try do that if small changes can make massive um kind of improvements to your overall uh personal style but also your shopping habits which mm. for many people are an area of of spend that they'd like to you know, keep a good eye on and, and to yeah. keep kind of in mind. So these are brilliant ways of doing it, particularly as we head towards autumn, winter and are thinking about adding adding new purchases in. 100%. So if people want to find out more about Style Savvy, what's the best place to go? They can go to us at Instagram, it's at stylesavvy underscore IE, or they can go to stylesavvy.ie and see all of our services there. And there is a contact us button, which pings an email straight through to us and we'll be back to you as soon as we can. Excellent. Laura Jordan, thank you so much for chatting to us. Thank you.